0: yo 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 what up baby welcome to another episode of football without hesitation i'm oz but by now y'all should know me right should you i was thinking about that earlier it's like should i keep saying hey i'm oz what if you've been listening from from episode one and you're like i've heard you say this 86 other times i know your name motherfucker but anyway, if you don't know my name, I am Oz and this is another episode of Football Without Hesitation. What's up, y'all? Y'all feeling this? You feeling. you're feeling the quakes not sucking? You are feeling that momentum? Ah, don't get too used to it. Come on, bro. Don't get you too used to it. It's not gonna last. It's gotta it can't last. This is the worst team in MLS, man. We're 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 just taking what we can get. But But why am I excited? it's because the quakes won not only did the quakes win the quakes won against a team that is not the youngest team in mls which is minnesota they they beat a team they beat another team a, a team that's been on here for a long time the best team in the west coast or the western conference the west coast fucking texas ain't no west coast y'all you're from the South. You're, you're, you're close to, uh, you're attached to what, the Gulf of Mexico. That's what you got. Crawfish and all that shit. Love me some crawfish. Love me some barbecue. But you ain't in West Coast. Uh, Yeah, so the, Quake, the Quakes beat the best team in the West Coast. We're going to get into that. The transfer window also closed today. We got to get into the all-star game. I mean, come on. I'm not going to talk too much about it, but that happened since the last time we talked. Also, the growing popularity of MLS in this country. We got cold hard data, folks. We got numbers. We got the numbers. Also, some uh, somebody, a new neighbor at Avaya and the U.S. Open Cup final just because, ooh. I mean, I guess it wasn't good, but the semifinal, Houston versus LAFC, got pretty goddamn interesting. But anyway, anyway, let's get into this show, football without hesitation. If you want to follow me on the social medias, at Baldini10, at, uh, on Twitter, at FWHpodcast, on Instagram, is that it? Is that that's all I'm at? Man, I, I didn't even mind. Let me get a Snapchat or something there. No. No. At Baldini10 on Twitter, at FWH Podcast on Instagram. If you want to follow me on the social medias, see what I do, what I'm talking about, where I go, take the pictures, selfies, great quotes, all that stuff. You gotta follow me. You gotta follow me or else you can't see. You're gonna be out of the loop. You're gonna be in the dark. You're like, well, everybody's talking about this Baldini, dude. Oz is doing this what's going on well you got to subscribe you got to follow you got to follow on twitter at baldini 10 instagram at fwh podcast and beyond that you got to subscribe to the podcast and man being a podcaster it's like you got to teach people steps step one two and three this is ground level stuff. It's not like TV and cable and you just turn your TV on and you flip the channel and you find your favorite show. Nah, ain't no TV guide for podcast is you got to find podcasting. You got to find the one you love and you subscribe to it. The way you subscribe is if you're on iTunes, if you're on Stitcher, if you're on Google Music, if you're on iHeartRadio, you listen to this show, there's a subscribe button somewhere around there. Scroll up and down. I'm telling you, scroll up and down. There's a circle. It's probably big. It's got a plus button on it. Subscribe. Subscribe to the show. Leave some reviews. That really, really helps. Podcasting is tiny right now. So when you leave reviews, people are like, hey, people are paying attention to this podcast. Maybe I should give them hundreds, maybe even dozens of dollars. Yeah, podcasting is not lucrative. It's not a lucrative business, but you know what it what it is. It's an opportunity for you to say whatever the fuck you want, and and today, it's good. Oh man, it's been it's been it's been a rough, rough season to, to be a Quakes podcaster. Uh, not only are you a Quakes podcaster, so it's a team. That is in one of the biggest cities in the country. That that I thinks it's some sort of bush league team. But then this year they started playing like a bush league team. So, all right, made it tough, bro. You made it tough. You made it tough. You made it tough. That being said, let, let's get into the show. You're following. You're subscribing. I got five star reviews. Thank you for thank you for that. But you're here. You're here to talk to hear about the quakes. You're here you hear about MLS, you're here to hear about (laughs) American soccer. No, you're not. No, you're fucking not. You're not here to do any of that shit. You're here because you like to drink some beer, and we're taking shots of Jameson while we're recording and while you're listening. No, I don't have any Jameson today. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to get you guys excited. I don't have Jameson tonight. But what I do have is an update on the Quake standings on in the MLS table and once again if this is your first time listening or you've listened before the San Jose earthquakes have made it absolutely simple for you to follow along to them on in the in the MLS table or the Western Conference table if you want to know how the San Jose earthquakes are doing you go to the table or the standings if you're not familiar with Soccer nomenclature, Nomenclature? nomenclature—I don't know that word—but you go, you go to the standings, you go to the table, you go all the way to the bottom, right there. San Jose Earthquakes, simple, simple for you. Um, Even though the last three games have been so have been better, have been better. They they did they lost to Seattle, and they tied at home, and now they crushed. The Western Conference leaders. That's still only good enough for 12th place in the West, and if you're not familiar, that is last place. They are 12th out of 12 in the West at 16 points, three wins, 12 losses, or 17 times. They have 16 points. That's all you need to know. You don't need to know the rest of it. They got 16 points, 21 games in, or 23 games in, or whatever. Um, yeah, dude, this is what this team is going to be. This is, uh, people have been mentioning playoffs point. Oh, someone said there's a 0.02% chance of making it. I I guess it was, I I understand it was tongue in cheek and this is, this is one of the more self-deprecating fan bases in MLS, but no, there, there's no, there's no chance for the playoffs. There's there's no. This year's fucked. This year's done. Um, that, that's all there is to it. That, that's all there is to it. Uh, at best, at best, you have some glimpses of of hope for the future. And and there is and there is you know uh, Garam Kashia and and Luis Felipe have come in and made made some impact you know all of a sudden the defense is is holding up midfield is is playing a little bit better but this team is what it is and it's it's a it's a last place team and at best it's a team that barely misses the playoffs this is definitely not a contender but the last three games have been nice. But but it hasn't changed much. They're still in, in last place. They're still in last place in the West. The last place even in all MLS based on points per game. They're at sixteen points. Um Yeah, so the standings if you're just going on standings, you're gonna be you're gonna be a sad Quakes fan, bro. You can be a sad Quakes fan if you just go on standings, but that's not all there is. It's not all there is. Uh, if you are an MLS fan, Atlanta United definitely. If you've been following um, these new teams, Atlanta United came into this into the league last year, and lit this shit on fire. This year, the fire just got hotter. They they lead the the supporter shield race at the moment, and. the western conference it seems that they got like by wins or points per game or something they're better but the top 3 three teams for the supporter shield right now are all eastern conference teams two of them are new york come on come on come on rest of the fucking league where you at so you got atlanta new york and new york Red Bulls right now. Red Bulls and FC same points, but Red Bulls are are leading by points per game. The clo the closest West Western Conference team you got to the Porter Shield is FC Dallas, and guess who just beat them, motherfuckers, Stripe. So by default, San Jose Earthquakes are leading the Western Conference to Porter Shield standings. But no, no, it was that was a great that was. I don't know. I, I don't know what to say about that game. Like, I, I wish I knew more about the technical side of the sport to be like, oh, th- yeah, th- th- this is what made the difference. But, but, I mean, uh, other than the defense in the midfield, Graham Kasia, like I said last week, that motherfucker scares me. I've seen him at Avaya now. And I've seen him away on TV, and that motherfucker scares me. When that dude starts barking, I stand up straight, like, what the fuck you want me to do, bro? What did I fuck up with? How, where do you want me to pass it? So, um, and the fact that I'm doing that just watching TV or just being there in the stands, psh, the motherfucker's on the pitch of reacting. So, Garam seemed to give some sort of... Garam is the calm... There you go. Karam is the calm on the defense right now. He's standing, he's standing right in front of, of Tarbell and he's saying, Yo, don't worry, man. Don't fucking worry. Where I go when I tell you to stand, you stand there. And if he goes around you, I'm gonna back you up. I'm gonna be right there. And if I told you to stand there and they score, it's on me. That's on me. Don't worry about that shit. And and that's the kind of leadership that we've been missing since Mooma left. And I mean, it's only been two years, but you need that. You know, when when Bingham was a young keeper, and I know people are going to lose their fucking shit because I'm talking about Bingham, but when when Bingham was a young keeper, I'm telling you, the first year, he was completely fucking silent. He was completely fucking silent, and he depended on Mooma to fucking to set you know, the defense and and to talk to people that were out of place and everything and I don't know for some odd reason you know it's it's hard to be a keeper in your twenties it just is especially when you got fucking defenders in their mid thirties that've been doing this shit for eighteen fucking years telling you that you're fucking up so um. So I like that Garam is 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 being that lightning rod. Like you come after me. You come after me. If you got a problem, you come after me. You leave my fucking keeper alone. You come after me. And um it's definitely going to not going to take the t- the Quakes into the playoffs, but it it feels good. It feels good and and again it led to a 3-1 win at Dallas away the Quakes now have two wins away and one win at home. They're the only team in the league to have that. It's that, that's, that's not a good stat. I don't want to share that stat, but it, it exists. But this this was a good one. Vaco. Vaco with the brace, bro. Vaco, that's all we've been wanting you to do, What you did, dog. That's what we were asking. I don't know if you've been putting in the wrong spots or, or your whole just kick it hard as fuck and try to make it in don't work in this league but it worked it worked against Dallas and it felt good I mean uh, one of them was was a sh- shitty play by the keeper but still and then you got Hika scoring now if you're FC Dallas you gotta hate seeing Hika on the pitch right at this point you got to he has been on the team for, for, what, two years? He has been on the team for two years. He has five goals, three of them against Dallas. Uh, yeah. I think he's got that card. I think if you're Dallas and you see Heek on the pitch, you say, okay, we're two dudes on that dude. He is guaranteed to go off for a goal right now. So we're getting two guys on him. He's not getting free. He's not getting a shot. And he's still probably gonna score, but we gonna invade him. We we gonna take his spot. But it didn't work. It didn't work. So anyway, great win. Great win at, at uh, Dallas. It's still I mean, it's not gonna turn the season around, but but it feels good. It feels good. You know what doesn't feel that good is today was the end of the transfer window. Recording a little bit later because of that, I want to make sure that everything flushed out, all the deals happened, the the Quakes made their giant signing for left back, which they did not, of course, but the, the move that they did make was they traded a forward for a forward, which we've all known that the Quakes are lacking in speedy forwards, so the so what they did is they went out and they traded Quincy for Dominic Aduro. Um, personally, personally it hurts because uh, anyone that's a listener of the, this podcast knows that I've worked with Quincy try to get a podcast going, and so again, so I I know I'm a little bit off the pitch, I'm not, not his best fucking friend or anything, but. So it's just weird, you know. it's Just like like your your coworker just got taken away from me, you know. Like, oh man, why'd you transfer him? I like that guy. Should have transferred fucking this other dude over here, Jesse over here. I don't like him, you know. Why why transfer him? Um, but but ultimately, this is good for Quincy. And Quincy, I I know Quincy thrives and and loves these kind of opportunities. He he looks like he might have an opportunity to start in Montreal and and I wish him well is what I'm trying to say. I'm wish him well. Uh, and, and speaking of left backs, uh, I saw as I was going through my things. This is me going through. That's me going through the transfer window. That's me clicking. Click there was a lot of left backs that were signed I saw several I, I think that maybe they stood out every time I saw a left back being signed it stood out for me because well we got Shay Salinas no disrespect to him the fools named after my hometown love that dude but and you ain't it you ain't it dude you you ain't the future and maybe they couldn't find the future yet I don't know. Maybe they're trying a different formation where, hey, we don't need left backs, Jog. We should put Garam back there by himself, and he's going to run and kick people in the face. And I'm going to be scared of him. But I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know. So anyway, Quincy, thanks for the time. Thanks for the chip. That was maybe. No, no. That was the greatest goal in Avaya history, actually, I don't know. The one that tickets to the playoffs last year Go close as well. But, damn, just for sheer skill against Portland, it's the chip. It's the chip. That's, that's, it's the only named goal at Avaya. There's one named goal at Avaya, and that's the chip. If you say the chip, people know what the fuck you're talking about. And that's Quincy. So, shout out to Quincy. Forever ingrained in to the legend of Avaya and into the legend of the San Jose Earthquakes. Originally signed you MLS champ, MLS All Star. Best of luck to you, I'm Montreal motherfucker. I know I know I don't you don't need luck from me. You're gonna be great. Um well speaking of you being an of you being an all-star all of a sudden this is this podcast is directed towards Quincy himself Ah. but anyway Quincy was an all-star in the past and we just we just went through the all-star game I didn't want to really talk about it I'm I'm not big on all-star games I'm not big on all-star games especially an all-star game where you're playing a fucking regular team from Italy you're playing fucking Juventus you're playing the fucking Serie A team and it's your all-stars I don't know to me that cheapens the product of the league. Playing a a regular team, a regular club team. Can we do East versus West? Can we fucking do East versus West? Can we do fucking MLS versus Liga Américas, whatever? But not another fucking regular club team. That's just embarrassing. That's just in an, an embarrassing, and it's a chance for your. Players to get hurt. There is not a lot of depth on MLS rosters. And I don't know who's listening to this, but if you think there is, you're wrong. You're wrong. MLS rosters do not have a lot of depth. And to have them play a fucking practice game where they can get hurt is total, complete bullshit. In a league with such a small salary cap, with such little depth to add a fucking free game that you're just doing to make money. Let's get real. You know, it, I'm not saying you're nefarious or anything, but MLS, let's be real. This is this is a money maker. You had 70,000 people show up to Atlanta and shout out to that big shout out to that. What's up Atlanta? Thank you for doing that. The Southeast, all y'all motherfuckers, wherever you showed up from y- that was great for mls i mean I'm, I'm like i said i'm not a big fan of all-star games for but 70,000 people showing up to a practice game in the united states in the southeast in georgia beautiful fucking beautiful i'm i'm glad y'all did that um, ultimately i'm not a big fan of it though not a big fan of it somebody gets hurt where where's the compensation Sl- Slatan just coming off of a major knee injury. He gets hurt here. That's his career. It's his career. I mean, he's not making. He's not making bank. You know, he's not making his retirement money over here playing for Galaxy. But that's his, still his job. You can't force his motherfucker to end his career soon because he's got a job to do. I don't know. It's just stupid. I I feel stupid to to almost. Get injured for a league that pays you peanuts. Fucking peanuts compared to the rest of the world. And and on top of that, on top of that, MLS has this other bullshit rule. And this is where it's it's this is completely un-American and goes completely against our culture and, and our, our upbringing. If you don't play in that game, even if you're hurt, you suspend it. They're suspended for the next game. David Villa. David Villa had not played for New York City FC, but, but, but he's so fucking popular. Of course, he's gonna get voted into the All Star team. It's fucking el, David Villa, el guaje, man. The motherfuckers is gonna vote for him. People in Spain are probably voting for that dude. And he was hurt, and because he got voted in, and he's like, I haven't played for my squad, I haven't played for my own team because this injury isn't healed yet so i can't do your bullshit practice game and guess what sorry david Villa, you're suspended you're suspended because you don't want to do this slatan same shit slatan bro you weren't hurt but slatan ain't gonna play no fucking bullshit practice game on no practice on the no plastic field Get the fuck out of here. Slotdown wouldn't do that shit in his fucking prime, homie. You think he's going to do that coming after, after a knee injury? Come on, MLS. And both of those fuckers get suspended. They get suspended. They can't play for one game out of, what, 34 games? I don't know what percentage that is, but that is a lot of games to miss or a lot of minutes to miss. Just because you don't want to play in a fucking practice game that's going to bring in zero dollars to your fucking team. Bullshit. Bullshit, MLS. You need to change that fucking rule. You need change that fucking rule if people want to take that game off. They can take that game off with no repercussions. And if you want them to try, don't make them play against some fucking random team's B squad. What a bullshit game What a bullshit game the all-star game is But anyway And the reason they're doing that Is because the sport is growing The sport is getting more popular In in the country I mean this is a US bro We're a country of immigrants motherfuckers, Y'all can say what you want But it's all immigrants here How many Native American friends you got You know It's all fucking immigrants here um, but Nielsen, Nielsen, if you're not familiar with their big stats, data analytics company, every time you watch TV, you hear about the Nielsen ratings or whenever you hear about ratings, they're talking about the Nielsen ratings. This company called Nielsen just studies people and and, and says, what are you watching? Well, Nielsen just came out with a really cool report talking about, uh, it's, it's called Gaining Ground major league soccer popularity in the u.s and that's a pretty neat article man because it's talking about how big mls is growing in this country and just you know the big one is mls has gained a 27 percent rise in interest Since 2012. And I'm like, what the fuck does that mean, bro? A 27% rise in interest since 2012. So basically, in 2012, uh, 37% of of Americans over 18 were interested in MLS. 37%, that's pretty neat, dude. 37% was a good number. But that number today in 2018, stands at 47%. That means that's that's right at 50%, right? 47%. So one out of every two Americans over the age of 18 is interested in MLS, according to Nielsen's statistics. Don't get too excited. These are all just statistics. There's 350 fucking million people in this country or some shit. You can't just narrow us down to statistics. But that's a that's a huge. I mean, you went from what one out of three people, one out of three people interested in your league to one out of two. That's big. That's a, that's a huge difference. Again, once you multiply that by three hundred fifty million people, that's a fucking huge jump. But anyway, they went beyond that. They they were talking about what is the top MLS markets? What, what, What cities are more interested in MLS that actually have MLS teams? And the top four markets were Los Angeles, New York City, Dallas, Texas, and Philadelphia. Seattle came in at number five gotta throw that in there just cause yeah, they, th- they thought they invented soccer but y'all's is number 5 behind Philly Philly's in the US Open Cup final so hey maybe there's something to it oh anyway excuse me so yeah LA New York City Dallas and Philly the top 4 MLS markets. but this was interesting is there was one market that was huge as well that was a huge huge MLS supporter that didn't have an MLS team. And that market is Miami. And one thing about that is that David Beckham, y'all know the husband of Posh Spice, used to play for a team in Los Angeles. I don't remember their name, um, but he was offered the opportunity to, to start a team when he retired and he did. And he chose Miami. And it looks like he made a great choice because Miami is the biggest MLS market without an MLS franchise. And an, another pretty cool stat from from those Nielsen numbers is that the, the TV audiences have gone up 13% from last year to this year, which, again, if, if you're thinking about it as a one out of 100, that seems pretty low, 13%. But if you think about the 350 million person range, that that's a huge jump. A lot more people are watching MLS. And again, the way the way Atlanta's going, the way LAFC is going, the the way, you know, DC United, I mean, not the way they're going, but they got a new stadium and it's DC, you know, Washington DC that's our nation's capital. It's a pretty big city. That means something, you know. It, it attracts people's attention to, and the people are I, I think people are like what the fuck's going on? I don't think people are completely sold on MLS yet, but they're like, what the hell is going on? This ain't no retirement league. Y'all are signing young South Americans. Y'all are saying, yeah, some, some older Europeans, but you're just bringing them in just to sell some tickets. You're not bringing them in just to be the fucking face of the franchise. But also, and this was another big stat for me that, that, that interested me and... I don't know if anybody cares about it, but uh, the social media, I think is huge, but 40 the, the, on social media, I don't know what uplift is. I'm going to be completely honest, but this report said MLS teams have experienced a 46% uplift in social media. I'm assuming that means that there's a, again 46 percent more people interacting with the social media accounts of MLS teams. Ugh, and that was heavy, right? That was heavy. So I don't, I don't know what that means. I don't know. 46 percent It sounded, sounded sexy. I want to put it in there. This is this is a number that I wanted to bring up for sure. That's the final number that I want to bring up in this in this Nielsen research in these stats and and i brought this up before and and i've said as a mexican american as a chicano mls supporter this one is big for me because it feels like we're excluded but 68 percent of american soccer viewership is hispanic and let's be real, the biggest proportion of Hispanics are Mexican. Um, so I, it blows my mind that I'm, you, you, go to, you go to an MLS game, or at least if you, you go to a VIA, and I don't buy Bud Lights. I'm a hipster. I'm too cool for that shit. I leave that for the other people. But when I see them buying it, you they buying the Bud Lights and they got the Mexican national team fucking logo right there, SAS, printed on the official beer of the Mexican national team. Had an MLS stadium, bro. Had an MLS stadium. Why MLS continues to ignore the Hispanic market, I do not know. Are they purposely ignoring it? Do they just not know how to get into it? Once again, I don't know. But seven out of every ten viewers of soccer in this country is Hispanic. Seven out of ten. That's the complete opposite of the amount of white people in this country. This country is seven out of ten people in this country are white. But when it comes to soccer, seven out of every 10 followers or, or watcher on TV is Hispanic. Why don't y'all have a, a Spanish language MLS recap show? Why doesn't every fucking team have a Spanish language social media? Most Liga MX teams have an English language social media. Can Y'all can't find fucking Spanish speakers in a country that's all immigrants. Y'all can't find some Spanish speakers. I don't know. I don't know, man. Blows my mind. I mean, one thing I'm absolutely loving, loving the popularity of MLS in this country. It is exploding. More people are watching this, this American version of this sport than ever before. But the people are watching it, that are watching it the most are being ignored. I don't know if that makes sense to you. It don't make sense to me for sure. But anyway, let's let's get into some more. Let's get into some business news, yo. Let's get into business news. I told you, Roku was moving next to Avaya earlier in the show. What the fuck does that mean? Well, if you're a regular visitor of Avaya, you see. Most of it is an empty lot, it's an empty lot, and it's supposed to be a bunch of offices, supposed to be a bunch of offices. And today, or yesterday, actually, it sounds like Mercury came out with, with an article saying the next big company that moved right next to Avaya into that Coleman Highline development is Roku. Roku, if you're again, if you're a Quakes fan, you know about Roku. They've been giving away TVs. If you catch a, a, a Victor Bernardez last year, a ball that he kicked 80 yards into the crowd, and you caught it, you got a TV. If you had a coaster with a certain minutes and they scored at that time, you got a TV. Roku and the Quakes have been have have been working really closely together. For the last several years, and today or yesterday, it just got announced that Broku is, is leasing four hundred and seventy-two thousand square feet. Four hundred and seventy-two thousand square feet, dude. I think it's in four different buildings. They've built two buildings on that shit. They they got property in four different buildings on there. So they got property in two buildings that ain't even build, built yet. I'm hoping that that means they're gonna build the parking lots way quicker. I mean, y'all, they're selling, they're leasing all those places. But but here's another thing, and this is where I gotta reach out to the Quakes. Is is Lou Wolf is the owner of this Coleman Highline development, whatever he used to own the Quakes. He gave up his ownership share to to, to Fisher. I'm wondering how much does these signings, these leasings benefit the San Jose Earthquakes organization financially? Is there enough barriers between the the real estate arm and the San Jose Earthquakes soccer arm that this doesn't mean shit? Or is this like a San Francisco Giants situation where they have a a real estate development arm, and they can really add some value to their to their squad. I don't know. I don't know, but but hopefully I can reach out to the Quakes and maybe ask them a, and clarify that because before I've talked a lot of shit like ah the team's rich motherfucker they rich they own that land but I don't know I don't know I'm just a dude. I'm just a dude in this world. But thank y'all for listening. I know I had a lot of topics today. But we had an all-star game. I had Quakes did not played in a while. So we had a catch-up, man. We had to catch-up. I, I hope, hope you enjoyed the catch-up. If you did, again, at Baldini Ten On Twitter, at FWH Podcast. On Instagram. Football without hesitation. Subscribe and review wherever you listen, please. It really it would really help me out. And with that, we'll catch you all next week again. Oh, actually, you know what? Shout out Philadelphia Union versus Houston Dynamo for the 2018 US Open Cup. What is it, 104 years of this tournament? Is the oldest sports tournament in this country. Uh, Houston beat LAFC in penalties. I don't know what I would have done if Los Angeles FC would have won the U.S. Open Cup in their first year. Um, I'm not even going to speculate, but they did not. Houston went in and they they're the original austin and they took our fucking team so they can eat a dick go philly go philly for the u.s open cup uh ring that fucking cracked bell y'all got make some philly cheesesteaks and bring it home for you guys but thank y'all for listening i know this was a little bit long but i appreciate it we'll catch y'all next week baby Later.